place. So today, switch mics. Amen. So today, um, we're going to have a guest speaker. He's a good friend of mine. Um, he's really awesome, very humble, very genuine. Right? Um, and so if we could have my brother Josh Chun come up. He's going to be giving us the word today. How you guys doing? Uh, it's an honor for me to be here. You know, um, every time I come here, I come here to uh, participate and witness what God's doing in this ministry because I get so challenged and humbled by you guys. You know, even though you may feel like you're young and in college, um, I get so moved when I see people hungry for God. And, um, you know, when I was younger and, well, not even that old, but... You know, I, it reminds me of my college days, too, and uh, we used to be in a small church, and 80 people were there, and, you know, we were just hungry for God, and God moved, and now we're all scattered, but I believe that God's going to raise leaders up in this place, and in a couple years' time, I think you guys will be all over the, you know, region and different cities, so I'm excited for what God's going to do, amen? Um, if you guys could turn with me to Luke chapter 19, I'm going to be talking about... Um, how Jesus came for sinners like you and I. And the sermon title, if you guys are taking notes, it's Jesus, Friend of Sinners. Now I was told that this is an Arminian house, so I have a five-point Calvin, Calvin. I'm playing. I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing, okay? <laughs> but uh, I'm just going to read the passage, and then I'll pray, and we'll get started, okay? It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small of stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for Jesus was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, Hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled, He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Since he also is the son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Let's pray. God, I come here today and, uh, Father, it's such an honor to be before your people. Father, it's such an honor to know a God who loves like you do. A God who doesn't look at our resume, a God that doesn't evaluate us by what we do. A God who has seen the worst of us and still chooses to love us. Father, I pray today that if there's anyone here who has forgotten the love of God, that you would remind them 
that you don't look for perfect people, but you look for people, God, who are lost. And I pray that if there's anyone here who has never met you, that today will be the day of their salvation. That, God, you would pursue and seek after every hurting heart today in this place. And, God, would you anoint my lips and would you anoint our hearts to hear from your word. Because, God, I acknowledge that my words fall flat, but your word holds eternal power. So, Holy Spirit, would you come and would you have your way. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I don't know if you guys have heard of this thing called Movie Pass, um, but recently I got this thing called Movie Pass, and I don't even watch that many movies. But someone told me that if you buy this thing, you can watch unlimited movies every single day for a whole year. And even then, I was like, Nah, this, I only watch like two movies per year, right? But then someone told me if you go to Costco, it's only ninety dollars. I did the math, and it was like $7.50. If you watch six movies, it's, it's like you, you get your money's worth, right? So I got it, and it was so good to be true. I was telling all my friends like, and my coworkers, yo, like, you got to get this movie pass. They're like, what is a movie pass? But I want to ask you guys, anyone here ever hear of movie pass? If that's you, could you raise your hand? Look around the room, okay? Look around the room. So, you know, whenever there is good news, word travels very fast, right? And back in Jesus' time, we lived, they lived in a culture without Facebook. They lived without Instagram. But they had this thing very famous, Mount. And they probably heard about Jesus because Jesus was very famous. Jesus was a public figure. And this guy named Zacchaeus, chances are that he heard of Jesus multiple times. He probably heard the craziest stories. Like Jesus, there's a guy named Jesus. He claims to be God. He heals demon-possessed people. He touches lepers. Even though no one associates with lepers, he's willing to touch them. He hangs out with women, you know. He empowers women. He hangs out with sinners. He does miracles. He multiplies bread. So news probably spread about Jesus that there's this crazy person who loves broken people. And Zacchaeus probably heard rumors that Jesus is different from the Pharisees. You know, church people, religious people, they'll, they'll be quick to judge. They'll be quick to point how sinful you are. But this God or this Jesus that he's hearing about, he hears that he covers people in their sins. And so it says one day as Jesus was passing through Jericho, this guy who's a tax collector, chief of tax, tax collectors, it says he went up on a sycamore tree to see Jesus. And by the way, you know, I, I know for a lot of us, you know, we don't really know what a tax collector is because we live in the 21st century, you know. But back in those days, tax collectors were really bad people. Um, they were so, it's kind of like, you know, I think a lot of us here are Koreans. Uh, you know, God is the God of all nations, amen. I'm not trying to divide or, you know, I'm just trying to say, like, you know, imagine, imagine like 100 years ago, like, we live in Korea and, you know, uh, like Japan. Okay? I love Japanese people. I love, okay, I'm not trying to like divide or anything, okay. If you, but I'm just trying to say like in an in, in analogy, imagine like a uh, hundred years ago, like you're held captive by like an enemy nation. And then just because you want to make money, you sell your own people to partner with the, uh, the enemy government and you start taxing your own people for money. That's what Zacchaeus is doing. He was a Jewish person, but he, 
partner with the Romans who are the Jewish oppressors. And he taxed his own people to gain money selfishly. So everyone hated this guy named Zacchaeus. You know, he will walk into a room and he was infamous. You know, Jesus is famous. Zacchaeus was infamous and he was notoriously hated. Not only that, he was the chief of the tax collectors, which means he was the worst of the worst. And this, this guy who's the worst of the worst, I think in his heart, he had this inkling of a hope. Maybe Jesus could love someone like me. You know, because he heard all these rumors. Like Jesus, he loved, um, you know, just all these sinful people. I'm sinful. Maybe Jesus could love me. And I'm just picturing to myself, what would cause somebody of that much stat status, not stature, status and that much authority to go up on a sycamore tree to look for Jesus is not just curiosity. It was extreme hunger and desperation to find a meaning and a hope for living. Because I don't know about you guys, but I've... I've I've made enough money now to know that money does not satisfy you. I've had enough friends to know that friends don't satisfy you. And your reputation cannot sustain you, but only something that's deep, like love, can fulfill your heart. And so this guy is extremely dissatisfied, and he's so desperate for something to satisfy him, he climbs up on a sycamore tree. And, you know, I used to think that Zacchaeus, he picked a random sycamore tree. I, I, you know, I just, long time ago, I, I thought that Zacchaeus, he went up on a random sycamore tree and he's just chilling there, like, in the bleachers, watching the baseball game. I, just, I thought he had, like, no intention, but it says that he specifically chose a sycamore tree where Jesus was about to pass that way. Look at this. In verse 4, it says, he ran on ahead and climbed the sycamore tree to see Jesus, for Jesus was about to pass that way. Which means it was guaranteed that he and Jesus would have an encounter because he's putting himself on the line and he's risking himself. That guy that I've heard about, I'm bound to meet him. And he was putting himself at a risk of, one, being either rejected, two, being ignored, or three, maybe being accepted. And I wonder if there's anyone in this room who came to this service thinking, I wonder if I met God today. What will God's demeanor and attitude be towards somebody sinful like me? Like, you're sitting, and, and can you imagine? Jesus is famous. Jesus is popular. It's like Jesus, the Justin Bieber had nothing on Jesus. Amen? Can you imagine, like, you're, you're walking and thousands of people are traveling. 15, can you imagine? We, we, we look at Beach Boulevard, and this guy named Jesus, he, he's clothed in like a, uh, sash, and we don't know how but he's walking, and 15,000 people are following him. And we don't know how many exactly, but there was a crowd, a large crowd following Zacchaeus, following Jesus. And he's sitting there, and I think if I was him, my heart would be beating. My heart would be beating because there's a crowd coming that way, and the person that you came to watch is taking steps closer and closer and closer to you. And his heart is probably beating so fast. When he comes and meets me, how is he going to treat me? What is that encounter and interaction going to be like? And every person in this room, there's this hunger inside of you and a, and a curiosity. If I met Jesus today physically and personally, what would that look like? 
And this is what the question I want to ask ourselves, what is the love of God towards sinners? And in verse, in verse 5, we found our answer. It says, Jesus comes, and he says, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. The first thing, the love of God towards sinners is personal. The love of God towards sinners is personal. Do you guys notice? Zacchaeus, he intentionally is on a tree looking at Jesus, thinking that he went to look for Jesus. But in verse 5, we see that before he ever introduces himself, Jesus knows his name. He says, Zacchaeus, come down for I must stay at your house today. Amen? Do you guys know that information is not enough for us to have a relationship with God? It has to be revelation. Because Zacchaeus probably knew that Jesus loved sinners. You know how? He probably heard rumors. One of Jesus' 12 disciples is a tax collector named Levi. So he probably knew in his mind Jesus loves tax collectors. But that information was not enough until he found out Jesus loves a tax collector named Zacchaeus. That's when the love of God became personal to him. He already knew Jesus loves tax collectors named Levi. But it wasn't until he said he can, he can love me, Zacchaeus, that he found out God's love is personal. Amen. And if in this room, some of you guys know that Jesus loves Pastor Nick. Some of you guys know Jesus loves Jason because these guys are crazy. You know that, oh, my gosh, like how can God not love them? But you are wondering to yourself, can God love somebody like me? But I'm here to tell you, God loves you. God loves you over here. God loves you in the middle. God loves the people on the left. He loves every single person in this room. Amen. And there's a difference. Revelation and information. There's a guy named Banning Leafshire, and he says, when I watch boxing, I know that Floyd Mayweather hits hard. That's information. But he said, until I put on gloves and go inside the boxing ring, and within five seconds of the bell ringing, that Floyd Mayweather's right uppercut connects with my jaw, that information will not turn into revelation. But for us in this room, we know that God loves because we heard it all the time. But unless you have a personal encounter with God, that's not going to move your heart. Amen. And, you know, um, last night I came home around like 2 from 2 a.m. from Big Bear. Uh, one of my childhood friends named Elliot, he's getting married. Right. And uh, we had this bachelor's party in uh, Big Bear. And it was really fun. And it was sober. It was clean. It was <laughs> Christian. <laughs> um, and, you know, um, Something about this guy, uh, he and I are, like, really good friends. We were diaper buddies. Uh, so I, I always joked around, like, this guy followed me to preschool. And we have to elementary school. Follow me to when I moved to La Cristena, Glendale. And we have so many memories. In fact, when he got saved, he evangelized to me so that I got saved too, right? And, um, you know, I had so many memories with him. When I, you know, when I first preached... He, uh, he led worship for me in the back, and, um, like, I remember I was so bad at preaching. Like, I, I spilled so much blood my first sermon, and he was behind me, and I was so ashamed to even close in prayer. I was like, Elliot, close in prayer. And he's like, yo, you can't speak. You're supposed to pray. I was like, I can't do it. 
I didn't leave. And we have so many memories, okay? Um, but this guy, uh, you know, I remember when he went to high school, he uh, started to become really close to his high school friends. And they formed this uh, clique called the Boyfriends, you know. It's five other group of guys, which I was not part of, right. And then when he went to college, he, uh, he got close to, really close to his college friends. So I was in this weird limbo with him the past actually year and a half where I didn't know how close we were anymore, you know. And I want to say as a guy that I was not affected, you know. I want to say as a guy, I was like, you know, forget about you. I don't need you in my life anymore. But, you know, uh, Zion, you know, she, she knows that I cried. When this guy moved to Michigan, I, I would cry randomly in, in, like, the library while I was studying, you know. I was like, what the freak? I hate this guy. Why am I crying, you know. You know, and um, I didn't know how close we were anymore. And he called me after, like, a year of not talking to each other. He called me and he said, would you be my groomsman? And I think I was a little salty even then. I was like, dang, like, he's just doing it out of obligation because they've known each other since we were diaper buddies. And I, I really felt like we don't even have a relationship anymore. And, you know, I was a little bit hurt in my heart, if I'm honest. But yesterday, we did this uh, joint bachelor, bachelorette party with uh, the bridesmaids and the groomsmen, right? And we had this time of introdu int introducing ourselves. And there was this one moment when my saltiness was, you know, removed. When he looked at me and uh, he introduced me and he said, hey, this is uh, one of my best friends, Josh, um, uh, from childhood, right? And in that moment, um, my, my heart, it connected with him again because I realized we do have a personal relationship. You know, and I think a lot of us here, you guys need to be reminded that God loves you personally. But you know what's so amazing about Jesus? Not only does he love you personally, he's unashamed to love you publicly too. Amen? Because if you look in verse 7, after Jesus affirms Zacchaeus, he, he says it in front of everybody. From the whole crowd, he says, Zacchaeus, I must stay at your house today. And in verse 7, it says, and all the people, when they saw it, they grumbled and said, he has gone in to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. In other words, Zacchaeus has so many haters. But Jesus' love is greater than your haters hate. Amen? Come on, somebody. Amen? Jesus' affirmation over you is greater than your enemy's rejection over you. And notice that Jesus, he's unafraid to be publicly associated with Zacchaeus. And there's a woman named Stephanie Frizzell, and she sings in a song. It's called Pieces. In the lyrics, it says, your love isn't shy. Your love is unashamed. Your love is proud to be seen with me. And I'm here to say, no matter what you've done, God is unashamed to call you his own. Is there anybody who feels like I, I, no one wants me, people are embarrassed of me? God is never ashamed of you. In fact... He was stripped. When Jesus died on the cross, <laughs> he was stripped naked so that all of your shame, he could carry it for you. Because he wants to let you know, I'm unashamed of you. And we see Jesus here, he connects with Zacchaeus personally. And the love of Jesus, it also loves you presently. I'm so thankful that God, he doesn't look at me in my worst sin. And he says, Josh, 
I'll love you tomorrow after you repent. You know, notice it says in verse 5, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Everyone say today. I have news for you. God doesn't love a future version of yourself tomorrow. God loves you exactly where you're at today, right now. Amen? Because did you guys notice that in this passage, Zacchaeus, after he meets Jesus, he's so moved by God's love. He repents and he gives all his possessions. He says, Lord, I give all my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anyone, I restore it fourfold. And when I read that, I, I kind of, I was taken back because I realized our, our Korean Christian mentality, like the prove, your, prove yourself, earn your love mentality is I repent and then God will love me. But that's not what Jesus does. Jesus didn't say, okay, Zacchaeus, I'm going to go to your house tomorrow. But before that, I have prerequisites. I want you to sell all your things and then come to me so that I can go to your squeaky clean house. But he says, no, I'm going to go to your house today. And it was his love in the present, God's kindness, it led Zacchaeus to repentance. And when God met him in his worst condition, that caused Zacchaeus to say, okay, I found something so much better than my money. I give it all away, Lord. Right? And go with me to verse 6. You know, as I was praying for you guys and as I was praying for today, I was asking God, you know, what is my assignment and what is the audience that you want me to target? And I really felt like God was telling me, I'm coming after those who have lost the joy of their salvation. I'm coming after those who feel like, you know, although they're Christian, they're not, you know, because they feel like they're not, you know, praying enough or reading the word enough that they feel like they're out of God's love. He said, I, I'm going to go for those people today. And I want you to read with me verse 6. And, and just picture yourself in Zacchaeus' shoes, okay? It says, Zacchaeus, when he heard Jesus' words, he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. Do you guys remember when God first met you? How joyful you felt? Like, how euphoric that was? I, you know, can I be honest? For a long time, I lost that. For a long time lately, I've lost that because I started to compare myself with my old version, you know, and this is the enemy of, you know, spirituality is comparing your present self to your past self as if your past self was perfect. But your past self was never perfect to begin with. And I found my heart, you know, I was saying, God, you know, I used to pray way more back then. I used to be way more audacious back then. And I started to self-loathe and self-hate myself when God loves me today, right? But the, the gospel is for your today. Amen. And what is Zacchaeus experiencing here? He's, for the first time, experiencing the joy of salvation. The joy of salvation that compels him to say, God, although, you know, I may have all these riches, I count this as a loss now that I have you. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm the chief of the tax collector, you, the riches of Jesus. But I'm going to become, a, you know, poor so that I can gain you, the riches of Jesus. And he gives it away so joyfully. And he finds the joy of salvation. And did you guys catch? All of a sudden, Zacchaeus, he says, Lord. He repents unto the Lord. He says, behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. 
And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. What happened in that moment? He submitted his life under the lordship of Jesus. In that moment, there was a genuine repentance where he said, no longer am I going to live as Zacchaeus is Lord, but it's going to be I submit my life to Jesus and Jesus is Lord. And if you want to experience the joy of salvation, I encourage you guys, submit yourself again under the lordship of Jesus. He's sufficient for you, amen. Some of us, we're carrying burdens on our backs because we feel like I have to be my own Lord. I have to get myself into med school. I have to get myself into the business program. I have to get myself into the, we're carrying a load we don't have to carry because we became our own Lord. But you know how you go back to the joy of salvation? Humble yourself and submit yourself under Jesus' yoke. Because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And when Jesus is your Lord, you can recover the joy of salvation again. Can I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> and lastly, the love of Jesus towards sinners is powerful. Amen. Jesus says in verse 9, Today salvation has come to this house since he also is a son of Abraham. Come on, somebody. Jesus saves sinners. That's what he does. The worst of sinners. You know why this is so crazy? This is so crazy because Zacchaeus was the worst of the worst. But not only was that, you know, not only is that, but it's Jesus just did the impossible. Salvation is a miracle from God, amen. You know, I have no power with my persuasive speech, which is not even that persuasive. I can't move anybody here. But God can take that which is dead and make it alive, right? And you know why it's so crazy? Because Zacchaeus is filthy rich. But one chapter prior to that, in chapter 18, there's a story of a rich young ruler. And this rich young ruler, he's like many of us today who try to earn our salvation by our good works. He comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, ever since I was a young kid, I kept all the commandments. What do I need to do to be saved? And Jesus says to him, I want you to sell all your possessions, give to the poor, and then you can follow me. And it says this guy went away sad because he was so wealthy. And Jesus said to him, it is easier for a man to go, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to be saved. Jesus said, it's easier for a camel, like a, a camel to go through the tip of a needle, like to insert himself into the tip of a needle than for a rich person to be saved. Did you guys catch that? For Zacchaeus to be saved, Jesus just did the impossible. He beat the odds of a camel going to the eye of a needle with Zacchaeus by saving him. In other words, no one is too hard to be saved by God. In other words, you are not too far gone for Jesus to save you. Your friends and your family members who are far away from God, they're not too hard for God to save. Because the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. And it's not man's doing, it is God's doing. Can I get an amen? And if I could have the praise team before we go into time of prayer. And if the prayer team also, if you guys could just get ready. I believe God is going to do some team today. You know, um, last week I, I heard of a new word, a Hebrew word. I'm not a scholar. Um, I, I borrowed this from another preacher. <laughs> I heard he was talking about if you feel like you messed up your life, God can change your life in one moment. 
And there's a Hebrew word called shalom, which sounds like shalom, but it's a word called shalom, which means to be made whole, to be restored, to be made complete. Instantaneously, God can shalom your life. Instantaneously, God can renew your life. You don't need a counseling session for 12 weeks. You just need one step towards the cross because God is waiting to save you. And I want you guys to know if there is someone in here who feels like you're far away from God, you may think that you keep searching for God. You may feel like you're the one looking for Jesus. But in verse 10 it says, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. I just want to remind you guys of the gospel really quickly because I think we're going to go into a time of prayer and God's going to move in some of your hearts. But I just want to remind you of what the gospel is. The gospel is good news. The gospel is the greatest news. And, you know, the truth of the matter is that you've sinned, I've sinned, and we all fall short before God. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And there's no one righteous. And, you know, you guys, sometimes you go to school and your teacher grades you on curves. There's no curves, right? Sometimes we compare ourselves to our neighbors. It's like, you know, I cheated on a test, but at least I didn't cheat on my wife, like my neighbor. So I'm pretty good before God. Or, you know, I may have, like, cussed at my neighbor, but at least I didn't murder someone. And we compare ourselves in curves. And we compare ourselves according to man's standards. But God compares himself to Jesus. God compares us to Jesus, and we all fall short. But the good news of the gospel is that God desires that nobody perishes. Repeatedly in the Bible it says, God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Second Timothy, Second Peter, God wishes none should perish, but all should reach repentance. God has come for sinners like you and me. And in the Bible it's, it says that, Repentance is simple. It's turning away from sin and turning to God. There's only one way to salvation. It's, it's believing in Jesus. When you go to heaven, you're not going to stand before God. And he's, he's not going to say how many community service hours did you do. He's going to say, do you believe in my son Jesus? If there's anyone in this place who doesn't believe in Jesus, there's no tie to go mentality of I'm going to do good works to erase my sin. It's only the blood of Jesus shed for me can remove the stain of my sin. And if you believe in Jesus, all your sins, past, present, and future, they've been removed by the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen? And when we put our faith in Him, this is a promise that's available for us. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count as iniquity. Do you want to live that life? Do you want to live that free life where no matter what you do, no matter where you've gone, no matter who you've become, God still loves you unconditionally? Because that life is available for you in Jesus Christ. Amen? And, you know, I think there's two people, two types of people that we're going to go after today. One is if you've never believed in Jesus before and you want to give your life to Jesus, today is a day of salvation. The Bible says there is no favorable time than today. Behold, now is a favorable time. Now is the day of salvation. And number two, if you feel far from the love of God and if you feel like I've lost the joy of my salvation, today your eyes on me, get back by coming to Jesus. Amen. Would you guys just close your eyes on me? And if the prayer team, you guys could 
help me pray too, but if you feel like Zacchaeus and if you feel like I've been, I've been wondering what God's heart is towards me right now in this moment. And if, if that's, if, if you felt condemnation, if you felt guilt, if you felt ashamed, I want to ask you right now to start praying. To say, Lord Jesus, would you affirm and remind me of your love for me today? I need a personal reminder. I need to know you love me presently. And I need to know that yours, your love is greater than my sin. It's powerful for me. Let's start praying.